yes, there's video games and technology and all of these pieces swirling around us, but ultimately this is a project about access. Who has it, who doesn't, and how are we gonna be the type of people who engineer a solution to that? This is High Tech High Unboxed. I'm Alec Pat. Today I'm here with Brent Spernack, who's got a story about a fantastic project from High Tech Middle Mesa. Brent, what's this project all about? As Corey Clark said right in the cold open, this project is about access. So students are designing and building adaptive technology to allow people with physical disabilities to engage in an online video game community. Awesome. And so they're, so, so the kids are literally making controllers for clients? Yeah, people with disabilities have limited options for playing video games because of the controllers that are currently available. So each individual's disability affects them differently. So mass producing for someone with cerebral palsy, for example, is very difficult to do. Students adapted and built controllers for an individual's specific needs. And who, who are the teachers who did this? Who'd you talk to? The teaching team is comprised of Corey Clark, who teaches humanities, Matt Gotilla, engineering, and Curtis Taylor, math science. All right, let's play it. Not everyone can use normal controllers, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, the controllers that are given to the normal society public, you know, not everyone can use them because um, for like, if you have a disability muscular dystrophy and you keep on losing um, strength in certain areas, then a normal controller just wouldn't work for you because maybe you have to put certain pressure on a button or you can't reach that button. Able Gamers was making custom controllers for people with disabilities so that way they could play video games because we all love video games and why not include them in the great experience that we have. That was Emma, a sixth grader. And as Corey earlier talked about access being the driver for the project, how did he and his teaching partners start this project almost three years ago now? I'm a big uh, supporter of backwards design. I think a good project always starts uh, with what the product or the client or the end goal is and works backwards and finds its curriculum that way. However, I kind of felt this one was almost like cyclical in nature, meaning that like not only did it start with our clients, Guillermo, Shane, Lucas, Ryan, Ronald McDonald House, these individuals are really at the heart of everything this project was. Through the exhibition and the final product came back to them again. Here's Alex, Emma L, and Emma P explaining what it's like working with those clients. I think the best part about the project was knowing that we built something that can help someone actually play um, like video games. Um, it, it was really cool and it was just, I was really happy to see someone else that can't really do something that I can, but just in a different way. Just knowing that this is going somewhere for someone and it means something, you know, you're inviting them to the world of video games and you're letting them play because they're playing they're going to play video games just like you, but they're just doing it differently. And it's like the professional quality work. It's like the drafts kept on coming. Like you already knew the first draft um, was going to have so many errors in it and you would have to redo it and fix it again. It felt really cool because it it looks like an actual controller, like something that you would like see in a, in like a store um, that actual people would like buy. We soldered the ends 
of the wires, cause, so we can make a stronger connection. And A button. We plug it into the A button, just like a basic button. And then we're gonna put these two tips together and it's supposed to make it work. Please work. Please work. Yay! Yay! Science. The controller that we made is for a person named Shane. He was in the military and he had, a, he had an accident. He lost his um, hand and his knee down. So he can't pull these this, these two triggers. I don't know if you can see it, but we rewired it to where it's these two now. So now we made a button right here. So now you can play one-handed. Here's Matt Gotella, the engineering teacher explaining what it's like for students connecting with individuals. When you're designing for individual clients, uh, there's a couple pretty big differences between more of like a, a generic build. Um, the first one is just kind of the, the magic of working with real people um, and having those connections form with your students, with your clients. Um, I think not only is it more rewarding than just coming up with sort of like a general solution, but it's just so much more real to them because like a lot of the students alluded to, like we're literally sending this to these people who need it um, versus we're kind of working on an abstract problem that we're hoping to come up with a more general solution for. Um, and then in terms of designing, uh, it does require a lot more thought because you need to not only coordinate schedules and find times to, to connect with the people that you're designing for, find times to have students connect with them, but also you need to, to build in the background so that students can build that empathy, can understand what they're doing. Um, so there are some more design considerations, but the, the rewards and the, the payoffs for creating a project like this are more than worth it. So amazing. Like this in some ways is like the ultimate engineering challenge because anytime you're building adaptive uh, equipment for pretty much anything, but that industry, the reason why it can't be an industry that is mass produced and this is something that I didn't know going in, but I was, I was privileged enough to learn through the relationships that I formed. Every disability affects every individual differently. So in the very first year, we had Guillermo and we had Lucas, uh, different ends of the spectrum in terms of one was about my uh, student's age and the other one was closer to my age, who's in the hospital, but they both suffered from muscular dystrophy. But the, how it was affecting their body and which states they were in was completely different. Uh, so therefore the controllers and the needs they needed could not be more different. This is why this is not a simple solution for the industry. There is no way to just say, and then here's a controller for people with disabilities, or here's a controller even for these different groups of disabilities. It is that personalized. But in terms of like somebody who's creating a project and, and bringing kids through engineering, it's kind of like a dream, right? Because it is literally everything you kind of preach to kids about, like recognizing a problem and brainstorming a solution. you step back and you let kids do them and allow kids to be creative and allow kids to be really critical thinkers and allow them to work together and figure out problems together. And this is what my understanding of school should be. That was math science teacher Curtis Taylor explaining the types of outcomes you may expect when working with students on projects like this or others in your school. Here's Matt Gatilla again, talking about 
the drafting and revision process on the project? One of the really powerful things about the, the iteration in the process is when you look at you know our first ideas and our first drafts, and then you have them next to our, our final products, it's amazing to see the progress that they've made over the course of the project. Um, so not only is it a really useful framework for students to use in problem solving in general and to sort of lift all students to a place where they're able to, to meaningfully contribute to the project, but it's also a really cool way to see that progress in a, a very visual way over the course of the project. I do remember a part where we would um, film these videos and take pictures just to and send them to our clients to tell them that, hey, we remember you and look at what we're doing and like when we would take these videos and we would like walk around the classroom and show them what's going on and the students would explain what they're doing like it really made you feel really remind you that you know you have to work harder than you're ever going to work because it's this is it's going to mean something you know you have to put your all in it it has to look like something you would buy something you would use something that's going to last not something that's just going to be used a couple times um so i guess the fear part is just like knowing like this is actually going to be useful it's going to the outside world when you start a project that is human facing, that is all about individuals and their needs and real human beings and empathy, even though it seems like it might be daunting or a lot of work for a teacher, you're going to realize that things like engagement uh, from your students and buy-in and authenticity are going to be solved for you. Whereas normally you would have to try to create these things and like try to like find a way to engage them or, or, or force a buy-in or something like that. Uh, the second that these really are real human beings that kids are connecting with and, and that, that avenue exists, then what you start to see is a lot of the teaching job is done for us at that point. And we just become project managers. We're helping them, you know, like when they get stuck, we're suggesting things, but we actually don't need to worry so much about some of the pedagogy pieces because they start to solve themselves. When you give kids authentic, meaningful work, a lot of the other things just fall into place. Start with, with either a client or a need. If you start with a client or need, it's gonna start to unlock a lot of those later pieces, thinking about how are we gonna invite kids into this community? How are we gonna uh, you know, kind of broaden our perspectives? And a lot of that came through like really thoughtfully chosen pieces of text, uh, speakers, uh, community partners. Uh, and I think a lot of that is just as essential as the engineering aspect. Because without that, I don't think you'd have a full grasp on, on what it is that the needs are. The other piece of advice is do it yourself first. Um, don't try to teach kids how to make something that you've never made. Like Corey mentioned, you know, grab a, a coworker and a pizza and a weekend to do the project or the important parts of it yourself first, because it'll make a world of difference when you're trying to lead your students. You'll know what to look out for, what uh, pitfalls there are, and it'll just go much more smoothly. I think anytime that I'm, I'm talking to any teacher and we're talking about project creation and, and project planning, I think dream big. I feel like a lot of times that sounds like a cheesy piece of advice, but I feel like some of the best projects and the best ideas uh, never got off like the, the first stage because it's easier to execute on the what I've seen done before versus things that are definitely achievable and easy to see through once you get all the students excited about it and you start going step by step by step. But I would say first is those wild ideas that you get in your head sometimes and you're just like, yeah, that'd be great, but I just don't know how I would even go about that. Rather than immediately let that idea slip from yourself, hold yourself 
to that and then immediately start seeking out on other individuals and start trying to figure out what would be step one if I was quote unquote going to make this happen what would step one be and I think once that ball or that snowball starts rolling you start to realize like you know what this this actually can happen How to Kyron Boxed is hosted by me Alec Pat. this episode is produced by Brent Spurnick Thanks to Curtis Taylor, Corey Clark, Matt Cotilla, and all the students for talking to us for this episode. You can find photos and videos from this project in the show notes. Our theme music is by Brother Herschel. Thanks for listening.